Good afternoon and welcome to the Jason Ranch Show on AM 770 KTTH. We are streaming on all those smart speakers like Amazon Echo and Google Home. It happened again in South Seattle. Another elderly Asian couple held at gunpoint. And guess what? It happened again. More silence coming from the Seattle mayor. That is what's trending. This hour of the Jason what's Ranch trending? brought to you by Crime. American Water Damage Restoration. Yet again, a group of teenagers went up against an elderly Asian couple. And yeah, it is what it is. It's South Seattle. In this case, it happened yesterday morning, about 5 a.m. Five black suspects woke up the couple. They were all armed and they were demanding money. They did this at their home. Now, don't call this a hate crime. Don't call this a hate crime. You have Asian people who are being completely terrorized, clearly targeted. This would be the 16th person, at least 16th person, who is Asian, who has been targeted by a group of black teenagers. And that group is either three to seven. It depends on the instance. We call them teenagers. As I said yesterday, it's possible that they're, you know, 20, 21 years old, but they're all young. And they continue to go into South Seattle and they are targeting Asians, but do not call it a hate crime, we are told. We have had so many instances, 15 at least, home invasion attacks, robberies. And they believe over at the SPD that it's the same group of teens or young people doing this. At least 14 of the instances. Now, in this case, according to the wife of the couple, speaking to Como TV, said, they pushed my husband into the corner and put a gun to his head. They kept asking me, where is the money? Where is the money? And I said, I don't have any money. I'm old and retired. Now, part of the reason why I point to the fact that this is very clearly a hate crime because you are targeting someone because of the basis of their race is, and I don't know if this is true, but I have been told many times that elderly Asian couples or individuals will not keep money at a bank. They'll keep, or at least a lot of money at the bank. They'll keep a lot of money in the household. I've been told that. Again, I'm not in the Asian community. I don't know if that's true. But I've heard it, and I'm going to uh, guess that the teenagers or the young adults who are involved here also heard that. This is absolutely insane. And this isn't even the only recent case. There was another incident that just happened where that man was tased at the porch of his home. We talked about it last week. The surveillance video of which I posted online on our social media channels, it's insane. It's terrifying. And in that case, the thieves got away with a gold chain, a wallet, and car keys. And they believe that this individual in the last case was targeted specifically, that they had watched him shop at uh, King Plaza in South Seattle. And then they followed him to his home in Beacon Hill. And the SPD is saying there quite possibly have been more cases, but they just haven't been reported. Now, I believe that the SPD's robbery unit and them in general, just the SPD, they're looking urgently to make arrests, to find out who's responsible. But what have we heard from the mayor? What have we heard from any council member outside of Sarah Nelson? Have we heard anything from 
the person who actually represents this area, Tammy Morales, the socialist who defunded police, who backed policies to dismantle police departments, dismantle the criminal justice system in which she blames racism for, for, the, for, the, for targeting young black youths. I wonder if the reason why we're not having any meaningful conversations from a city perspective outside of the media, and the media is covering this, but city leadership, the Democrats are not. And I'm wondering why they're not doing it. And I wonder why they would be silent this long, despite all of the attention. I wonder why. Now I'm going to go out on a limb and you can tell me, maybe I'm a little crazy on this. And please call me out if you think that. But I'm going to guess because the suspects are black. They're not being targeted by left-wing radical politicians, the radical left lawmakers I talk about all the time. That if these were white kids who were responsible, we would immediately say, hey, look, this is an example of MAGA Republicans. This is an example of white supremacy in action. How much you want to bet we would have that conversation if these were white kids targeting Asians? The only time Democrats seem to care about Asians is when they can use them and use their suffering or tragedies or victimhood in order to make some political point about white supremacy. Because other than that, they treat Asians as privileged white people the same way they treat Jews as privileged white people. Because the only care that these Democrats seem to have are the B and the I in the BIPOC community. They call it BIPOC. What does that mean? Black, indigenous, people of color. Why isn't black and indigenous part of people of color? Because the focus is on black and indigenous. And let's be honest, it's not even about indigenous. They just couldn't say BIPOC. Sounds better to have the I there. When was the last time they said anything in any meaningful way about helping indigenous communities. What they mean is Native Americans, but they change the term because they think it makes some political point about stolen land. Spare me. Stop this nonsense. This should be pissing people off, frankly. Sorry. We suppo- we're, we're supposed to care about our communities. We're supposed to care about our neighbors. We're supposed to care about the people who are victimized. And you've got Asian elderly folks who are being victimized and a mayor who hasn't said anything. I, don't, I literally don't think he said anything. I haven't heard him say anything. I haven't seen a press release about this. But you know that there would be tons of press releases and tons of press conferences and interviews about the scourge of white supremacy if the suspects were white. But they're not. And because all of the focus coming from the radical left, has been on black people, supporting black people, pretending that they're victims of systemic racism. Maybe that's it. Maybe these people are victims of systemic racism. What we've seen over and over and over again coming from folks on the radical left, very clearly, they have been trying to justify certain violent acts, certain criminal acts, under the guise of, well, I kind of understand, you know, when you're the victims of, of poverty, which is the result of white supremacy culture, blah, 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 blah. Well, maybe you too would act out. Nonsense. This is disturbing, and someone is going to die. Someone is going to die. So maybe this city can get its act together before that happens, before that terrible and avoidable tragedy occurs. Because if they don't, blood will be on their hands. And as much as I am hypercritical of the media, media is doing its best 
to shine a spotlight on this issue. They're not all doing a great job. I think they're doing a decent job. I think Como is doing a great job. But any media outlet that just sort of toes the line, well, it's not a hate crime, without being critical of that that claim, I don't think is doing a great job. But at least they're bringing a spotlight to this. Now, the next thing they have to do is put the feet to the fire, get the politicians, get in front of them, say, what are you doing? What is going on? Why isn't this a hate crime? And why aren't you talking about it? But please tell us about this weekend's basketball or pickleball tournament that you think is going to re-energize downtown Seattle. (laughs) Unbelievable. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? The coronavirus. COVID keeps coming back in the news, and I'm, I'm in that position where I can't tell how much of this is concern and conservatives being proactive, pushing back against the potential of more mandates, or if this is a serious threat that is imminent. I don't know, because we've seen some mixed results here. We've seen some businesses and some colleges bringing back masks, but we haven't seen it being adopted nationwide. We're starting to hear again from Anthony Fauci. We're hearing people pretend that the vaccine stops the spread of COVID when it very clearly does not. That could change once we actually know what the main variant is going to be and we make some changes to the vaccine and the formula and the way that it's delivered. It could potentially protect us from getting it or at least cut down the risk of getting it. That's certainly possible because other vaccines do that. We're clearly not there yet when it comes to COVID. But we're hearing the White House start to say, oh, yes, as soon as this new booster shot comes out this new vaccine comes out we're going to start pushing it on people we want you to take it take it take it take it take it take it we're hearing that over and over and over again and so there are a lot of people who are concerned that before you know it once we get a little bit closer to the election bam they'll be implementing it again and i noticed something yesterday on the view i didn't watch it i saw a clip of it though Whoopi goldberg has been out she's got covid She's been vaccinated multiple times. I think this is actually the third time she got COVID. I do wonder if some people are more susceptible to COVID. I I don't know. But she did a video in an empty room from her home. She was in an empty room from her home, and she had her mask on. Now, I imagine some of this is the virtue signaling. Again, she wants to be seen as one of them. See, I'm right. I'm not like those anti-maskers, even though the mask doesn't stop the spread of COVID. I'm one of, I'm one of you. I'm enlightened on this issue. And yet somehow she wasn't able to protect herself from a third bout of COVID. She takes off the mask briefly. <laughs> I just have COVID. I'm still testing positive, apparently. Uh, I have to have a apparently, clear test before I can agree. come back. So, you know, I can't wait to get back and hang out. But in, until then, it's me and my mask. And I'm sort of confined to my room. (laughs) You're confined to your room in a mask. Why are you wearing a mask when you're alone in your room? Seriously, I, I, I honestly would love to know the answer to anyone who thinks that that is necessary or even healthy. If you want to go stay in your room all day, okay. I don't know if she lives with anybody else. And maybe she's trying to stop the spread of COVID from a family member. Maybe she does this when she has the flu or any other sickness that is easily spread. Okay, open a window, take off that mask, and rest up like you would with the flu. 
Now, Ron DeSantis, over uh, the last day or so, has been pushing back against some of the COVID nonsense. He was giving a speech, and he said this. I can tell you here in Florida, uh, we did not and we will not allow the dystopian visions of paranoid hypochondriacs control our health policies, let alone our state. He, of course, is 100% correct. And it might even be that if some people start to threaten at a governmental level, any of those mitigation policies, it actually might be that he wants that because he would benefit from from it politically. This was the governor who above all, almost all of the governors, he wasn't the only one. Christy Noem, I think, should be considered uh, in this category. There are a few Republican governors who said, yeah, we're not closing down. We're not doing any of that stuff. We'll be responsible. We'll make sure that the elderly understand the threat. And clearly the elderly are threatened more so than everybody else when it comes to COVID, the same way that they're threatened more so than everybody else when it comes to the flu. If you're older, you generally have health issues. If you're unhealthy, you are susceptible to negative outcomes, whether we're talking about COVID or the flu or anything else. That's just how our bodies work. Can COVID be deadly? Yes. Is it deadly for for a significant portion of the population? No. Not statistically. Does every life matter? Yes, of course. But I'm not going to pretend that COVID is going to kill a bunch of kids if we don't keep them home from school. And one thing I am seeing, particularly on MSNBC and especially from Mehdi Hassan, is this nonsense, this flat-out nonsense that kids are at huge risk of COVID because he's been going out of his way to call out people who are saying the opposite, that your kids are going to be fine. Unless they're already immunocompromised, they're going to be fine. And he's just calling all these people out as sociopaths. He is the sociopath because his position is hurting kids. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? Your health. Well, this is a weird one. It comes to us from the Olympian, where a potentially cancerous tumor that was removed from a man's bladder was somehow, quote-unquote, misplaced by the hospital. And now there's a lawsuit. There's a family with a history of bladder cancer. Jeremy Morton Maxson of Seattle was advised by a urologist to have the tumor removed for testing after he started to see blood in his urine back in March of last year. This according to the lawsuit and the Olympian. So they say this guy went down to UW Medical Center's Northwest Hospital. He underwent surgery. And he was told that the tumor was, quote unquote, likely cancer. But of course... You need to have labs to confirm that. That's normal. So they said, look, we're going to give it a pathological review. We're going to confirm this. And then based on the results, we will come up with a clear plan of action. The problem was the patient, Morton Maxson, didn't get a clear diagnosis. Why? And why was he waiting, he says, via his his attorney, Why was he waiting weeks and weeks for this pathology report? Well, they say the urologist who performed this surgery, quote unquote, lost the tumor. Lost it before it was analyzed. And so now the patient is suing University of Washington and everyone who provided him medical care for negligence and for liability. Now, they don't identify in the lawsuit who the providers were. But they say in a news release, the lawyer associated with this, anyone who has battled cancer knows the uncertainty surrounding the disease is crippling. And in my case, the uncertainty is amplified by the hospital's mistake. I'm a young man, and I wake up every morning with this hanging over my head. 
And I can't imagine what he's going through. That's absolutely nuts. And this, I I know they're claiming it was quote-unquote lost. I don't know if I would consider this lost. I think it was thrown away by accident. It was discarded by accident. That's my only guess. On August 14th, UW Medicine said his tumor had not been found or reviewed by the hospital's pathology department following his surgery, according to an answer it filed in response to the complaint in King County Superior Court per the Olympian. And so now he's in a really tough spot. His lawyer said, if the tumor was malignant, a pathology report would have told us how aggressive the cancer is and help his care team make critical decisions, including what targeted therapies would have served Jeremy best. So what is he supposed to do? Because as a result, he had two options. And as they claim in the lawsuit, I think rightly, these are painful options. Painful invasive diagnostic tests once every two months for a bladder examination or do something more preventative, which is just equally as tolling on the body. Chemotherapy, preventative chemotherapy. Which he said, no, that's not acceptable. Because he thinks the surgery could have eliminated any potential cancer. That is a claim he gave to the Seattle Times. Now, he's since agreed to the diagnostic procedures every two months. And thankfully, he hasn't experienced any further urinary problems. Now, this is truly remarkable that this could happen. But you have all of these different factors at once. You have a general sense of incompetence that sounds like was the case here. On top of that, you have lack of staffing, which also seems like this is a possibility. But whatever it is, this guy is going through pain and suffering, emotional distress. On something that, again, was wholly preventable, had the people in charge done their jobs. But they chose not to in this case, allegedly. I would love to hear. I would love to hear any of this. Because they deny over at UW Medicine, quote, that this violation of the standard of care approximately approximately caused his claim damages. And the funny thing is, and as much as I, I want to believe him, I'm not entirely sure I believe this line, but I want to. The patient said that if the UW Medicine staff, management, whomever, quote, owned up to their error and apologized, he said he wouldn't have brought this to court. I don't know if I believe that. Honestly, kind of feels like something you might say. But the fact of the matter is, eh, I'm not mad if he's lying about that. UW Medicine, if any of these allegations are true, clearly, clearly violated the standard of care and put this poor guy through hell. This is unacceptable. And the scary part is, I mean, any of this could happen to anyone when you think about it. Putting a label on a specimen incorrectly, right? Now, generally, it's not going to happen. Thank God it doesn't happen often where we're talking about it in, in these circumstances. Missing, a, you know, pulling out a, a a tumor and then, quote, unquote, misplacing it. Putting the wrong label on it or just throwing it away. But I, I'm, I am at least, here's the glass half full approach to this. I'm at least feeling better 
by the fact that we don't hear of this happening all that often. So at least we can feel like that there's enough competent people in charge or people not experiencing some bad luck. Because the whole idea of even like something simple, oh, you know, we're going to have to take another blood test because we we lost the sample. It's like, ugh, I'm going to drag myself in there, get even more blood. No one likes giving blood. No one likes having to take these tests. Especially, by the way, you're waiting for some sort of test result, whether it's something, you know, from from your cholesterol level to, you, you know, your STD status to something considerably more severe like whether or not you have cancer. It's unbelievable. But at least it doesn't happen. At least it doesn't happen all that often. 1-800-465-8770. I am kind of curious, though, by the way, and feel free to text in at 1-800-465-8770. In a circumstance like this, what do you think should be the financial gain? Because he's going to sue for some sort of financial settlement or financial outcome, right? What do you think it should be? Because I'm uh, as, as much as I think that he's a clear victim, if any of this is true and the hospital screwed up, I don't know what I would ping for. I, certainly, he shouldn't have to pay for anything. Not the procedure he had, nor any follow-up procedures to ensure that he's cancer-free. And I would argue he should never have to pay for that, period, ever, moving forward, until there's a clear diagnosis that's acceptable. What do you think? 1-800-465-8770. Some of your texts. You're listening to The Jason Rancho. Don't forget our friend and local tax expert, Greg Nunn of Nunn Better Tax Resolution. He's growing, and he's looking for tax specialists. So if you're passionate about fighting for taxpayers and you're interested, give Greg Nunn a call, 425-947-1967, or Google N-U-N-N, Nunn Better Tax Resolution. Jason Rant Show. If you missed me last night on Fox News at night, just text the keyword rants to 1-800-465-8770 and I'll send you a link to my social media accounts where you can check some of the clips out. There's another poll out this week that is very, very, very bad for the Biden administration and in particular the Biden re-election campaign and there are more and more and more folks who think that Joe Biden is going to drop out. Now, I consider myself at least one foot into that camp. I'm not fully committed only because, number one, I think anyone who is in power is reluctant to give it up, and they have a tendency to be pretty selfish. And that's not even, by the way, a criticism, not in the traditional sense. Like, I I understand if you're in power and you don't see what other people see, then... I I get it. I I get it. The reluctance makes sense. But it oftentimes comes at the person's expense or their party's expense. And on the other hand, I I also don't want to fully commit because a lot of others in the media are starting to push that line. And I want to make sure that I'm not just holding a position with a bias because I've been told over and over and over again to dive into this theory that Gavin Newsom is going to run. If it happened, would I believe it? Yes. But let's go over this CNN poll because it is pretty remarkable. They asked between August 25th and August 31st. So this was very recent. And they asked this question of Democrat voters or Democrat leaning voters. So sort of independents who generally go could, could go either way, but they lean in the direction of the left. 
they were asked what the biggest concern about Biden as a presidential candidate is. Every single one of them, all but one, is related to his age. But age is given its own breakdown. The age at 49%. So 49% basically say he's too old. Now, the other three that I would consider part of that is mental sharpness, health, and ability to do job at 7%. I think it's the exact same thing. They're saying he's too old. He's too frail. He's t- There's something wrong that people are all picking up on. And I, I think, again, I love to go back to this as much as George Stephanopoulos wanted to pretend he didn't understand what Nikki Haley was saying when she said that a vote for Biden is a vote for President Kamala Harris. What do you mean? What does that mean, ma'am? Excuse me. What does that mean? You know exactly what it means. People think he's going to die if he continues to be president in a second term. They think he's going to die during his term. That's what it means. You know exactly what it means, George Stephanopoulos. You can pretend all you want. You're not fooling anybody. And I don't know why that's so somehow offensive to you. It shouldn't be. I don't think anyone uh, other than maybe Biden and his family members should be hurt by that. Because no one wants to think about their own death. There's no doubt about that. And again, I feel I do. I honestly feel sorry for Joe Biden. Honestly, I, I, I honestly feel sorry for him because I don't know what it's like. But we all soon will know what it's like to get to an age where people start to have those conversations about you and everyone else is recognizing you as old. But you don't. And that's assuming he doesn't. But you've got 49 percent, then 21 percent or excuse me, 14 percent saying, oh, no, 21 percent saying that he's just too old. All in. Six percent said they were concerned about him because of his popularity, which is at 39 percent, which is down from a previous low. Thirty nine percent approval rating. For Joe Biden, according to the CNN poll. So they over at CNN had the pretty famous strategist, Democrat, James Carville, on to respond. Well, <laughs> I guess to say the least, the, 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 the polls are not, uh, were not great. And it tells us that, you know, voters are expressing uh, some apprehension here. It's, it's pretty clear. I mean, there's not much else you can say when you, you look at them. I mean, I, I, I guess the, the best thing you could say is that, not, that if anything, they're worse for Trump. But uh, there, there, there is apprehension out there. That, that, that's undeniable. But on the other hand, I point out we haven't lost an election since the Dobbs decision. So, you know, we we're supposed to lose in November and off it year. Just real quickly, I'll let him finish. But uh, th- first of all, you have lost elections since the Dobbs decision. I, I don't know what he's talking about. But this idea that let, let's say voters and clearly voters especially women voters on abortion have been inspired to vote by the Dobbs decision there's no doubt about that but if you believe that Dobbs is the leading reason why a lot of voters will continue to vote in this next election because of the issue of abortion do you not have any concern James Carnville that Someone who believes that their "quote unquote" health care rights are on the line might not be best served when Joe Biden is the leader of that fight, because he's not capable of having that fight physically, mentally, emotionally. If Dobbs really is still inspiring a whole bunch of voters, or will inspire a bunch of voters in this next election, why would they go with someone who they think is too old to lead the country? Isn't he too low, old to lead this abortion fight? We didn't really. We're kind of tied. So. I, I don't know, but the, the, the polling that I've seen or anybody else has seen is not very good. I, there was a memo 
my friend Jim Messina said, I said, Democrats need to quit bedwetting. My, my wife's already changed me to rubber sheets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's James Carville. And again, you're, you're hearing more and more and more of this conversation on CNN. It's a little, 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 little bit in MSNBC coverage, but for the most part, you're getting it on CNN. And that they're talking about it so much on CNN should be alarming to the Democrat Party because they go out of their way, out of their way to shill for the Biden administration. They cannot stand Donald Trump. They hate him. They loathe him. And if they're going after Biden all of a sudden and they're bringing this up in a consistent basis, it's because they think they fear that Donald Trump will win because of how weakened of a candidate Joe Biden is. Now, on the other hand, you've got people who are already out of the woodwork trying to stop Donald Trump from running. There have been some lawsuits filed and or threatened to be filed or are being planned to be filed, basically saying that the 14th Amendment can be used, should be used to stop Donald Trump from running. The 14th Amendment deems him ineligible because he is an insurrectionist. And as a result of the insurrection, which was not actually an insurrection, They think he is ineligible because the 14th Amendment says that if you participated in an insurrection that you cannot run for office. So Donald Trump has reacted to that in a Truth Social post. He wrote, almost all legal scholars have voiced opinions that the 14th Amendment has no legal basis or standing relative to the upcoming 2024 presidential election. Now, I don't know if all, almost all legal scholars, but that is generally the accepted position, that this is an absurd pipe dream coming from the left. He said, like election interference, it is just another trick being used by the radical left communists, Marxists and fascists to again steal an election that their candidate, the worst, most incompetent and most corrupt president in U.S. history, is incapable of winning in a free and fair election. Make America great again. So he's I I think he's 100 percent spot on. And by the way, I don't think it's just by the communists, Marxists and fascists. I think there are lots of just Democrats who hold this position of hating Donald Trump. But I'm glad he use the term radical left because that's the subtitle of my book, uh, What's Killing America by uh, Center Street Publishing, who paid me to do it. So I hope, by the way, you'll purchase that book. It comes out in almost exactly two weeks. If you pre-order the book now on Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, Walmart.com, Target.com, Bookshop.com, I think it is, it's available everywhere, including, by the way, in uh, the United Kingdom. I did not realize they were publishing my book in the U.K., Little Brown and Company, I guess, is the publisher there. Maybe I should have read my contract more closely. But if you pre-order it, you guarantee to get it on delivery day, on uh, public publication day, on September 26th. And there have been a lot of shenanigans going on, as some conservative authors will point to, that have made it very difficult in the past for us to get on bestseller lists. And as I said last night on Fox News at night, I want to get on a bestseller list so I can put that on my Tinder profile. And it doesn't matter what bestseller list. So just please pre-order the book. I would really appreciate it. Pre-orders go into the first weeks of sale uh, for the numbers. So that is a huge deal if I was able to get onto a bestseller list. That is one of my goals. In any case, you've got folks who are pushing this, and it is just patently absurd. It is absurd that they're doing this as a means to try to stop the president from running. And you get the same tired, lazy arguments from partisan hacks like Sonny Hostin from The View. I think the 
larger question is, he's going to be convicted of something, right? I've said it all the time. Federal I've said it all the time. Defendants all get the convicted time. like 97% of the time. States, in, in the Georgia case, he's on tape for one of the charges. So he's going to get convicted. The larger question is, why is he even allowed to run? And on, you know, and Why is he allowed to run? I don't want him to run. When you're accused of something, you're automatically guilty. Especially when you're accused of something in a federal indictment. Yeah, it's a high chance you're going to go to jail. So me as a lawyer, I'm a legal expert, and I think you're guilty until proven innocent. And because you're guilty until proven innocent, you shouldn't even be able to run. I said it over and over again. I said it again yeah, and again. Listen, I was talking about it earlier. There are conservative earlier. legal uh, minds mm -hmm. and experts that are saying that under the 14th Amendment, he is not even allowed to run. This is someone who has never even read the 14th Amendment. She read a small tweet that she saw online in her little echo chamber or X post that mentioned the 14th Amendment. She has no clue what she's talking about. She's not read any of the legal arguments that a handful of people have made. And just because a handful of people have made it doesn't mean anything. In fact, all you have to do, and this was on MSNBC, Tim Miller, who's a never-Trumper, he works with the Bulwark uh, online site, he, he makes a, a valid point. Like, all you guys are doing is wishful thinking. As a practical matter, regardless of what you think about the legal merits of this argument, I, I think that there are a lot of things that, that, would, that would very much work in, in the disfavor of our democracy. I think the response on the right would be uh, apoplectic. I think that there are a lot of secretaries be. of state who are Republicans who aren't going to do this, obviously. So I, I don't think it's practically going to work. I, I do dislike this argument that comes from many on the right, which is just like, oh, don't force us to be with President Trump by nominating weak Joe Biden and by doing things to hold Trump accountable. I hate those kinds of arguments that you see from Wall Street journals and, and other places. But I do think the 14th Amendment thing is it's kind of wish casting. Yeah, it's wish casting. It's not going to happen. It is 100% not going to happen. What is going to happen is I'm about to take a break. 1-800-465-8770 if you want to send me a text. one 800 465 8770. Again, don't forget to pre-order my book, What's Killing America. It comes out on September 26th. I do hope you'll show me some support. You're listening to The Jason Rand Show. Welcome back to The Jason Rantz Show. The crazy environmentalists, they are back causing problems. This time, they are causing some tennis issues. During the U.S. Open yesterday, they interrupted a semifinal match between Carolina Machova and Coco Goff. Is that or no? Okay. I think Coco's the one who's supposed to be good. I guess they're both good if they're the semifinal. But you had this pro the protesters who were in the crowd. They had shirts that said Extinction, Extinction Rebellion. And they started to interrupt the game by chanting end fossil fuels. I, I'm told by some of the reports, it's hard. It's a little hard to tell based on the video, but the reports say one of the protesters apparently glued his feet to the floor as if, you know what, just yank him off. I'm looking at the photo. Again, you can't really tell if there's glue, but he's the dude is barefoot. And we've certainly seen instances like this, not necessarily with feet, but with hands. Um, around like sculptures or art and museums, but they're doing this at the game. I would have just yanked that dude. You have every right to yank this dude. So as is often the case when protesters do nonsense like this, they end up being 
ridiculed and shamed by the public, and that's no different here. You suck. You suck. <laughs> I like you suck. Okay, it goes on like that. I find that funny. It, 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 I don't understand why these folks cannot realize that this is the wrong strategy, despite it always blowing up in their faces. Every single time. There has not been a single person during any of these events or any single person after any of these protesting events who have said to themselves, you know what, they make a very compelling point. I am now an environmentalist and I'm going to adopt their hardcore views. Not a single person, period. End of story. Or excuse me, full stop. No one holds that position. All this does is push people away. I am an environmentalist. I care about the environment. I care about being good stewards. I care about making smart financial and economic choices that don't destroy the environment. Now, I am with an organization as an advisor to the American Conservative Coalition. It's it's a conservative environmentalist group. You've heard guests on this show in the past. The fact of the matter is, they are pushing people like me and others away. I want nothing to do with the crazy. Even if I believed what they believed, which I don't, they're very, very far, far, far to the left and kooky. But even let's say I I had a very, I don't know, I don't want to say Armageddon kind of view, but let's say I was near there where I thought we really are on the precipice of going so far that Earth will be extinct at some point because of our actions, whatever it is. I still wouldn't want anything to do with these lunatics. They are just turning people off. They're not winning any favors, and all of the coverage they get is negative. I know that they they generally think that, hey, the more coverage we can get, the better. Even if it's some negative coverage, it's going to get people to think differently about the environment. No, it doesn't. No one even talks about the environment after these things. The only conversation is, hey, look at these idiots. Look how they're disrupting the world. Or... If it does talk about the environment, it's, hey, you're doing this in the middle of traffic and you're causing cars to now idle and further pollute. So you're actually making things worse. That's what we're having here. And the only thing that we were missing from this particular incident at what was, I think it was Arthur Ashe Stadium, is that there wasn't any brave troopers coming through like they did in what was Arizona, Burning Man, uh, last week, we played the audio, just making all these hardcore arrests. That's the only thing we're missing here. <laughs> now, after the game, Coco Goff, or Ga- I don't know who this is. My apologies if she's a big star. I-, I can't take someone seriously when their name is Coco, because now all I want is chocolate. I want hot. I don't even want hot cocoa. I want. Hey, Duncan, go get me a, get me a mocha, non-fat. Venti. No, not venti. It's too many calories. And eh, never mind. Just skip it. No, skip it. No, you can, if you want it, you can have it. No, go ahead. I don't care if your mother doesn't want you eating chocolate. This is my studio. 
So, sorry, Duncan, are, uh, what are you, 11, 10? You don't know your age? Our young intern, um, he'll, he'll figure this out. So she spoke afterwards at a press conference. And yeah, listen, I don't really know exactly what, you know, what they were protesting. I know it was about the environment and, um, you know, I 100 percent, you know, believe in that. I think there's things that we can do better. Um, I know the tournaments are doing things to do better for the environment. Um, would I prefer it not happening in my match? A hundred percent. Yeah, I'm not going to uh, sit here and live, but, you know, it is what it is. And I knew that. I had a feeling it was going to happen this tournament. It happened in French Open. It happened in U.S. Uh, Wimbledon. So, you know, I had, following the trend, it was definitely going to happen here. I just, you know, I didn't, I was hoping it wasn't in my match. Of course, and the reason why, by the way, is they had to delay the match by 30 minutes. Because eventually NYPD was able to get there because obviously, you know, you're, you're not having local security handle this, especially when you're dealing with someone who glued their feet down. And according to Daily Mail sports editor Ben Nagel, they were struggling to remove the glue from the protesters' feet. Because God forbid you just tear him off, because then he'll sue. But as they were doing this, that was when you were hearing all of the booing and telling them that they suck. According to Mediate, another U.S. Open match had to be paused this week. This one was on Tuesday because of a member of the audience allegedly shouting a Hitler phrase at a German tennis player. What's going on, man? Y'all need to get a life. If you want to make a point, and I say this as someone who obviously works in the media, and I know how the media works, and I know how various political movements work. If you want to make a point... Yeah, it's important to get some attention. Otherwise, the point doesn't get broadcast. But the context in which the point is broadcast matters. And so if you're there at a U.S. Open match where everyone is there to enjoy the game and you're interrupting, even before the media coverage element gets into to this, gets involved, you're already alienating every single person there. And I have to assume that there are some environmentalists in that crowd. And that person who maybe otherwise would have done something this week or next week in support of the cause, you just push them away. And then again, of course, the media coverage will never, ever, ever be positive. Even coming from left-wing media outlets, it's not like they're covering this positively, even though from an ideological standpoint, there's alignment. They want nothing to do with these people. And I can't blame them. 1-800-465-8770 if you want to send me a text. I posted the one of the videos, a short clip from last night on Fox News at night, where I was asked what goals I have. And based on the goals, what haven't I achieved yet? And I think you're going to enjoy my snarky answer that caught everyone off guard and made them all break down in laughter, thereby taking them off of their schedule. And then Trace couldn't answer the question at the end. Trace Gallagher, the host, is on my Instagram account under Jason Rance. You are listening to The Jason Rance Show.